Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Episode number 43 of Tell Me Your Tales. This week's show is a conversation that I had with Ali Pashley, who is formerly known as Ali O'Kane. Um, Ali's a pretty elite middle distance runner, dominates everything on the Athletics Victoria scene, and yeah, it's pretty easy to talk to. I've uh, come across Ali a couple of times when I used to run for Geelong in the uh, cross country and winter season a few years ago, and She's pretty chilled out. I think you'll get that vibe off the the way she comes across and is gearing up for the Berlin Marathon in about five weeks' time. So a massive thanks for Ali coming on the podcast. She came on just before she flew out to the United States. So um, appreciate the fact that she probably had a million other things she could have been doing and getting packed and all that. But, uh, yeah, gave up a bit of her time for Tell Me Your Tales, which I really do appreciate. It was really good insight, getting her perspective on her marathon build-ups and her journey in running, and that's something I'm really grateful for. Before I flick into the conversation, a massive thank you to the people who left an iTunes review this week. That was uh, Denny Strandback. Thank you for your review. Really appreciate it. And Tiz39 and TB067. Uh, thanks for taking some time to so, show your support for the show and jump on iTunes and uh, leave a review. Um, I think that's about it. Here we go. This is the conversation with myself and Elio Kane. Enjoy. Ashley, welcome to uh, Tell Me A Tales podcast. Thanks, Brady. Previous, Thanks for having me. Previously, I'm an avid listener. Oh, have you listened to every show? When you said you listened, I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I've nervous. listened to almost every show. I think once I once I started, I started when you were probably uh, twenty or so shows in, and then I went back and listened to all the other ones. So oh, good. yeah, glad it's good. Glad I love you, it. Well, you're probably the number one requested person we've had. I reckon there's probably been about seven <laughs> different people have individually hit me up saying you've got to get um, Ali on the podcast. So it was, um, yeah, very grateful. Really? Yeah, very oh. grateful you've come on. That's weird. Even super coach Julian Spence, he was like, get Ali on. Yeah, I just had Campbell this week message me saying the same thing. Um, yeah, so it's pretty exciting stuff. Oh, uh, well, thanks. That's nice to hear. I'm well, not really sure why they'd think I'd be a good um, podcaster, but anyway. Oh, there must be something in it. Maybe you're good at talking, so it must be all good. Yeah, I talk a lot. Hey, so you'll know all the standard questions that come, so the one at the start and the one at the end. Do you want to um, maybe kick us off with introducing yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Elio Kane, in the process of changing my surname to Pashley. I'm 28 years old and I currently live in Torquay, Victoria. I grew up in Aubrey, Wodonga, um, and yeah, I'm a physio by trade, but I do a bit of running on the side, so yeah. Just a bit of running, just one of Victoria's best middle distance runners, but that's all, just a bit. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, what was it like growing up in Aubrey? Yeah, it was really good, actually. We, um, I actually was born in Bendigo, your 
Yeah, yeah. so was I. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we lived, we spent a bit of time in Melbourne and then we moved to Albury when I was in primary school and so I did the end of primary school and high school there and then stayed there for uni. So, yeah, I really loved Albury. It's a really good good town and lots of sport and, yeah, it's, it was a fun place to grow up. So why the move away? Uh, when I was in my last year of uni, I did a lot of placement down here in Geelong and... Yeah, I guess we just sort of decided we wanted to move somewhere a little bit bigger than Aubrey, but probably not to the city. So we had the beaches down here and slightly bigger town. And yeah, so we moved down here and yeah, it's a really good place to live as well. So I've been down here now for maybe seven years or so. Yeah. And yeah. It's oh, good. It's good. Sounds pretty chilled out. Like everyone I know who lives down like Torquay, Geelong, Anglesey, they all just seem like really chilled out characters and up for a good time like not taking life too serious and and that's probably just doing a bit of research on you you seem to have a lot of fun everywhere and um yeah it just seems like good people you surround yourself with down there oh yeah it it is a really good lifestyle down here and I think you sort of probably have to be a little bit relaxed because there's not other than outdoor activities there's not not a lot to do compared to places like Melbourne but yeah it's it's a really great place to live and I think more and more people are realizing that and there's lots of people moving down this way so yeah it's good good fun yeah and I um I know your auntie I reckon Julie every time I go to yeah. A, yeah every time I go to a teacher meeting or a principal <laughs> deputies meeting she's always like filling me in on all your recent performances she's uh she's one of your biggest fans I reckon yeah well yeah she she often talks about you as well every time I see her she tells me about the last time she caught up with you and what you're up to with your running and stuff like that. So, yeah, country yeah. Victoria is a pretty small world. Yeah, she's yeah, she's great value though. And she's really into her netball as well, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. So she, like my mum, she's my mum's sister and that whole family, they're a big footy netball family and lots of my cousins still play football and netball um, sort of around Shepparton, Colburn Abbott and Bendigo area. Um, so, yeah, they're... They love it. And, yeah, my sisters still play netball down here too. So, yeah, it's it's a big, big sport in the country. You were pretty handy back in the day though as well, weren't you, in the netball? Uh, yeah, I wasn't too bad. I played, I played netball for probably from about the age of five till about maybe 24, 25. And I, re- I really loved netball. I loved the social side of it. I wasn't really that good at it, but... Um, yeah, I, I had fun playing it. And my sisters are both good netballers, so they're still playing today. But, yeah, good good social sport. Was that a bit of a tough decision to give it up and concentrate on the running a bit more, or how did that come about? Yeah, it was actually. It was probably once I moved down here and I started doing a bit more of the running and I've always loved the winter season, so the cross-country races and things like that. And I started running for Geelong and a lot of the races being on Saturdays, I had to miss games of netball and they were always, I was playing netball for Anglesey um, down here in the Ballerine League and they were always really great with that. But um, it probably just got to the point where if I wanted to do a little bit more running, they probably, they complement each other to a degree, but it's sort of a different, a different type of fitness, that fast explosive um, speed stuff in netball versus long distance running. So I had to, yeah, I sort of, it was just a bit too much of a clash and I decided I might just have a bit more of a crack at running and it definitely has made it easier. Yeah, it's even, um, I filled in a couple of times for like a mixed netball team up here and you think you're going to go all right being kind of endurance background and half fit, but you play netball and it just, um, you wake up sore the next day and you can't really do it. You just end up running around in circles and it's just a whole different ball game, isn't it? Yeah, it is different. It's Yeah, definitely a lot more explosive in that jumping and like I was never really any good at any of that side of it but um I did like running around in circles but yeah it's it's different a bit harder on the body in some ways but probably not as taxing in other ways yeah did you have any big injuries when you played netball uh no I had a broken arm but uh that was I think my only ever real injury from netball so yeah I I was pretty lucky I played center so I think there's a bit more um a bit more of a tussle in the goal circle so probably in the center court you you tend to stay out of it a little bit more but yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was pretty lucky hey um just to give the listeners a bit of context about how fast you've run do you mind going through your pbs uh yeah sure um 
there's most of them have been in the last few weeks but I've got I've never really done a 5k um as far as I know but my 10k pb I did at Albert Park a couple of weeks ago that was 33.58 um my half marathon pb was at the Gold Coast about a month ago and that was 113.47 or 46 or something like that and then my marathon pb I did my first marathon was Melbourne last year and that was 246.10 or 11 or something like that so yeah. On a pretty horrendous day as well, that Melbourne. So first up on with weather like that's probably um, not a true indication, is it? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it was probably lucky that it was my first one and I wasn't too fussed about – I didn't really let it worry me. I wasn't – I had a sort of pace in mind that I wanted to run, which was what I ended up uh, running. And I – like Julian Spence, who's a regular on your show, he was um, – he's my coach, so – he sort of just said to me on the day, don't worry about it. Go out a bit faster with the tailwind and then let the headwind blow you back a little bit and don't let it stress you out and then just see how you feel once you get to sort of 32 to 35 Ks and and go from there. So, I, yeah, I, I thought I was going to hate the marathon and the training and I actually really enjoyed both. And even on the day with the weather, I just, like everyone was in the same boat, so I just didn't really let it worry me and... Yeah, so it was it was fine. It was still enjoyable. Pretty good Tried mentality to, get in as to many go into it. As I could. Yeah, plenty of guys to just sit in with and kick off. Yeah, there was there wasn't actually that many. Surprisingly, I had a couple of Geelong guys running with me for the first half. Um, Brad Fuller, he sort of took me through to about twenty three k's, and then I got stuck in between a couple of packs coming back into the headwind, and it was actually a pack of girls with a few guys sort of running with them. So I had to make the decision to. Yeah, try and um, work hard for a couple of k's to catch them, and then once once I caught up with them, that was all right. We had a good little pack going for about ten k's or so. So, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Hey, it's always it's actually good when there's a few girls in in there as well. In races, often the girls are sort of quite spread out, so yeah, yeah it made it a bit of fun. Well, I guess when you're running two forty six, it's not like there's a bulk amount of people running that time in a in a marathon. So it's um, at the pointy end, that's for sure. Hey, um, you said you really enjoyed the training of the marathon. What part of it? Oh, I don't know. I, I used to hate long runs and um, hated getting up early and running in the morning. And I think probably the biggest thing I found was I felt quite good the whole way through the training program. And I don't know if it was a lot of long, long runs, but even it's a lot slower than you're running when you're doing track sessions training for a 10K sort of race. And I on paper I found all the sessions looked horrible, but then once you get out there and do them, marathon pace is actually supposed to be a fairly comfortable pace and it's yeah I don't know I sort of enjoyed that just running pushing yourself a little bit but running at a pace that still felt quite comfortable and just sort of working on that mental mental toughness and trying to get your body used to being out there for long periods of time we we've got a really really good group of girls and guys down here to run with as well so that probably made it more enjoyable but I was very pleasantly surprised by yeah how enjoyable how that process was hey, yeah um, you also touched on how you've just pretty much ran you know two out of your three pbs in the last uh, probably six weeks since gold coast five or six weeks when that half marathon pb was set so what do you put that down to um i've been a bit better at sticking to my training program for the last year or so so probably yeah i think a bit more consistency and um Maybe the longer Ks, the like the increased number of Ks I was doing per week last year and then I sort of backed off a little bit over summer but then built back up and, yeah, I think it's just probably being a bit less lazy and doing what the coach says. Yeah, right. So what kind of mileage are we talking? What's Julian setting for you per week? Um, at the moment it's up around 1.30. So it, we sort of tend to do three weeks that are – a little bit around that mark and then one week that's lower as a recovery week and it, do, it does vary quite a bit depending on the sessions and long runs and races that we've had um he gave me a few easier weeks leading into gold coast which was nice of him yeah it's but, nice of him yeah so it's not like for me that seems huge because i used to run sort of 50 to 70 k's a week and i thought that was a lot but um yeah that now it's sort of my body's getting used to it and 
I don't mind it, but I'm, I definitely I listen to you guys talking about your 160 to 180k weeks whilst working full time, and that that blows my mind how you do that. But yeah, yeah, I, I think it's all it's all gradual though. Like we've had you know years when we've been at 130 and 140 and that as well though. Like I think it's you know you got Julian obviously knows a stack of knowledge about that progressive build, and it's kind of exciting to know that you're running these kind of times off you know 130k weeks because you still got to places to move in training mileage i guess yeah well well hopefully not hopefully not <laughs> up too much higher um, <laughs> don't give him any ideas how did that coaching relationship come together with julian uh julian i think used to sort of inadvertently coach a lot of our group in geelong we used to just go down to the track and copy whatever he was doing maybe do a little bit less than what he was doing um and then i yeah i probably i never really was very good at sticking to a program or um anything like that so then when I decided I wanted to do a marathon I wanted to do it properly and yeah and Julie and I were really good friends anyway so I I don't really actually know how it came about I don't know if I said asked him or he asked me or he probably wrote me a message saying am I coaching you for this marathon or what and yeah (laughs) I don't know so it just sort of evolved that way but he yeah I have a lot of respect for him and his knowledge and stuff like that. And I just, um, he's probably one of the few people that I'm happy to just do what they say without asking. And I know there's a reason behind every run and yeah, so it's good. Yeah, I probably cut him a bit clever. short before I started talking to him once a week on the podcast because I didn't really realise the knowledge he, um, he has around how well ready he is about training and all that kind of stuff, especially marathons. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's very well read. Um, yeah, no, he's good. Stuff. Hey, uh, it's always interesting, especially for the listeners to maybe take us through like a standard week. So what's a standard week of training look like for you? Um, I usually, well, it's a little bit different at the moment doing the marathon stuff. It's sort of changed to a longish session on a Wednesday. So maybe we should, yeah. So Berlin's yeah, in seven weeks. Oh, no, no, that's all right. But I'll, we will just let the listeners know that you're seven weeks out from a marathon. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm training for the Berlin Marathon along with um, Brady and Brad and Julian oh, and a few of the other. Yeah, yeah pr- pretty much everyone in Victoria at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I usually do a really easy short run Monday. Uh, Tuesday, we used to do... I would normally do a session on a Tuesday night, but at the moment I'm just doing two easy runs. And then Wednesday's a long session, so it might be well, – last week I did an 18K tempo Wednesday morning um, with a couple of Ks either side, warm-up, cool-down. And then Thursday is usually an easy run. Friday, Arvo, we did hills, myself and a couple of friends down here. And then yesterday I had – two easy runs and then a long run today and it sort of depends if the long runs at at a faster pace or has some sort of session involved in it then we might just have one session on the Wednesday but if the long run's an easy one then there's usually another session thrown in there at some stage and you're juggling that with full-time work as a physio yeah I I actually don't quite work full-time I work about 34 35 hours a week yeah yeah but yeah, basically Mon- I work Monday to Friday and then I work the odd Saturday morning. But I've got quite good hours in that a couple of days I start a lot later and I work till later at night but I've got the whole morning so I can do my longer sessions there or, um, yeah, get a bit of – and I don't have to get up at 6 o'clock. I sort of tend to sleep in, yeah, have yeah. a coffee and then roll out the door around 8.30, 9, which is quite good. But still, banging out an 18K tempo on a Wednesday morning and then going to work, like that's, you know, got to drain you a bit throughout the day, doesn't it? Yeah, probably the the Wednesday one I get. Wednesday I work like 11.30 till 8.30, so by 8.30 I'm, I'm pretty um, pretty zombie-ish. But it's sort of, it's not too bad. I think if I get, if I have time in between the run to get home and eat properly and um, have just a little bit of downtime, then I tend to, uh, recover better sometimes I do it on my way to work because I'm already in Geelong and yeah that's probably a bit not ideal but it's only for a short period of time so it's manageable and even hills on a Friday night like most people knocking off and putting their feet up or going to the pub or whatever and yeah you're <laughs> you're sprinting up some hills I know times have changed yeah. I get home from work one of a girlfriend that I work with 
Um, Rochelle, her and I usually drive home from work together. We finish, we actually finish at 3 or 3.30 on a Friday. Um, and then, yeah, we go and find some hills somewhere along the track between Torquay and Bells. And it's, it's actually quite fun. It's always, it seems to always be nice weather on a Friday night and you're in a good mood and, yeah, so I don't mind it. Yeah, once you're out of the car, it'd be all right, wouldn't it? Like, it's just um, kind of a good tick to start the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good. Hey, um, what are some of the most, uh, I guess, proudest moments or significant kind of achievements you would put into, like, sum up your running career, like some big wins or some just uh, really kind of hard-fought races? Um, yeah, I can't. I've actually had I've had some good tussles with your mate Tali Bird over the years. Yeah, but, um... when I Googled you, there's so many photos of both of you come up in... Um, yeah, some uh, Google images all the time. Yeah, yeah, we often are, have have good good tussles, and it's often like some days I think that she'll definitely have the better of me, and then it works out the other way around or vice versa. So it's it's quite good; it keeps it interesting. Um, I'm not really sure. I like, I haven't to be probably my the most proud I was of a race was probably actually the Gold Coast half just six weeks ago, and that was like I didn't wasn't anywhere near winning. I think I came sixth but just that um that was like a three minute pb for the half and I guess just fun like feeling like I'm actually improving a little bit and um you, those races when they feel easy and you run faster than you normally do but for some reason they don't don't feel that way they're probably the ones that stand out I think there was a great ocean road half a few years ago that I won and again that I just felt really really comfortable and enjoyable but yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I haven't. I haven't had any really good tussles over the last few years. I'm not much of a sprint finisher. <laughs> you <laughs> I don't cut, have much speed, so <laughs> you cut yourself a bit short with that number six at uh, Gold Coast. Though. Like that was a loaded half. Like Sarah Hall, Desi Linden, Jess Trengrove. I think Cassie Fan was in there. Like you're talking about the first four or five people all international athletes, and you're um, coming in sixth. Yeah, I think that was probably the thing that I was most proud about too. That I like those those girls were obviously all in front of me, but some of them not too far in front of me, and I just exceeded my own expectations, I guess. And yeah, and it's good. I actually I much prefer running in those big races with faster girls, and I think it I think that makes you run faster. And I, I've probably over the years wussed out of those sort of races a little bit. And um, yeah, I'm. I'm going to try and put myself out there a bit more and, and to even some of the big 10K runs like the ones down in Tassie and stuff like that, just, yeah, try and get into some of those races and I think the faster everyone else is running, the faster that it makes you run. Yeah, it's good. I wanted to get to that because you're. Um, it's pretty hard to find results from you in those big races but at the same time athletics victoria races you're um you pretty much hit every single one of them is is there a reason behind that because you think um the opposite may happen like most people go to those big ones but then skip av when they can yeah i don't know it might be a bit of a comfort zone thing for me i've sort of always loved the the av races i haven't i'm not really into the track races i've aside from zadapec i probably haven't really run any track races in the last 10 years but yeah I think um I think probably part of it is just I need to look at a calendar and pick out some bigger races to try and do and I tend to just stick to my AV races where it's familiar and I know all the courses and things like that but um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and change that over the next couple of years. Do you think the culture around um, the Geelong cross country kind of season has a bit to do with that as well? Like, there's such a tight knit kind of group of people that you you kind of want to go away every weekend and represent them when you can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's a it is a really good uh, a good club that we've got down in Geelong, and um, and everybody is really committed. And this year, I actually haven't been as committed as previous years, um, just due to work and things like that. But yeah, I think that's probably definitely a big part of it. But they they also, I think, realise that sometimes people have got other priorities and things like that. It just it is hard when they've had quite a successful team, probably particularly in the men's over the last four or five years, which you're a part of as well. Um, but yeah, it's it is it is sometimes hard. You sometimes have to sacrifice those races to go and do a half marathon or the Gold Coast or something like that, which this year I did. I didn't do the Bundura cross country because I didn't want to um, work too hard just before Gold Coast. And, it, yeah, sometimes it sort of pays off to, 
to do that. You spoke about um, stepping outside your comfort zone, 25 laps on a track in the most probably elite 10K Australia has to offer. Was um, what was the, I guess the question would be that must have been a bit of a step outside the comfort zone? Yeah, probably. I think I didn't really realise um, how big of a deal Zadapec was until I first did it. And I, I still haven't really ever gone into it that well prepared, but I think if you're going to run 25Ks around the track, it's probably the most boring thing in the world, <laughs> except that that's the one race where it's such a – well, in Australia anyway, it's such a good crowd and such a good atmosphere that it's actually – it's actually really nice to be a part of. And, yeah, I'm definitely going to try and keep doing that one because the more – the I think – I don't know how many times I've done it now, two or three, but each time it's become more enjoyable. And, yeah, one year I'd like to do it and – train for it properly and really yeah sort of focus on it yeah it's It's amazing with the crowd there isn't it like is the the crowd on the track for the women's 10k as well is it like yeah yeah yeah, they bring that like i think it must be once all the other events finish they bring the rope in and so they're only a couple of lanes out from that inside lane and yeah it's really good and lots of i think that's we're so lucky in victoria with the athletics community that we've got like there's all people from all different clubs that you sort of know from the different events and really big lots of the people from Geelong drive up for the night to watch and it's yeah it's nice it sort of feels even though it is quite a big big race it there's it's got that local feel to it still yeah which is yeah and it's just, as long as you don't get psyched out by some of the other people. I think the photo I saw of you when I was doing some research today, you were next to like Aloise Wellings and um, there was someone else on the start line next to you as well and it was um, pretty much first and second across the line that day on the start line with you. Yeah, yeah, it is quite quite intimidating. But it's, it's actually really nice to be on the start line with, with runners as amazing as those girls because you don't really ever get to do that. And... Yeah, it's it's sort of cool just to experience yeah. for one night of the year. Tell me about one year I stood next to Colas and I was at yeah. As long as this guy next to you is not going to lap me twice, I'm going to be pretty happy. And hopefully <laughs> yeah. someone's got a photo of us starting next to each other. Yeah. Hey, um, Have you done it before? Yeah, I've run it twice. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's just that old try not to get lapped twice kind of mentality. Yeah. And you don't want to be yeah, coming that's in That's definitely to get, like, the goal two laps to go and the winner's coming past you in the home straight and you're like on TV or whatever like it's yeah, yeah. it's a bit yeah. scary for us out the back there and I think the yeah. qualifier was like 30-30 one year and I'd run like 30-27 so I was the the best of the worst if that makes sense so um yeah it's yeah. Pretty, pretty daunting when you're at the back and you look behind you and there's no one behind you so um yeah Luckily yeah, once everyone starts lapping everyone, you can't tell who's coming yeah. last anyway, so Spot it's fine. So good. <laughs> hey, um, you also, you know, back to that thing about not going to big races. You signed up for the Berlin Marathon, which is one of the biggest races in the world. So uh, where'd that decision come from? Um, after Melbourne, I was really itching to do another one straight away, I think just because I loved it so much. And Julian was sort of said, oh, just calm down and wait don't, if you do one too soon you won't be recovered properly and we actually we had a heap of weddings over summer just gone so realistically there was wasn't really going to work to do one in sort of april may anyway and then I, he's like oh just have a look for the second half of the year and i just happened to go onto the berlin marathon website and saw that the um entries for the section that we're in closed the next day or something and if you you had a guaranteed start if you registered that day or the next day. So I think I must have messaged him about that. And he was like, yeah, that that one would be awesome. So then I, I signed up then. So it was really just I was looking for one in the second half of the year. And I, I really like the idea of going and doing some of the big ones overseas just because I can imagine. Like if Melbourne is such an awesome atmosphere, but I can't even imagine – what it's like some of the other ones and I've heard you talk about it before you're gonna have so much fun yeah I was the same I did Melbourne first and then Berlin and I had the biggest smile on my face up to about 28k the atmosphere is just amazing yeah I'm looking forward to that that'll be yeah I think it's amazing how much cheer like the cheering along the sidelines just yeah really lifts you spirit so yeah yeah you can't even, can't even the, compare them it's um yeah. yeah so many more people in the course and bands and you just look on the side of the road and it's just like people three or four deep for 42k yeah 
Yeah, yeah, that'll be awesome. Going past some pretty significant kind of, you know, the Berlin Wall and Checkpoint Charlie and kind of, yeah. Yeah. People just getting like on the beers on the side of the road in pubs spilling kind of onto the footpath and, yeah, it's so much fun. Oh, that's great. Sounds like city to surf, but next level. Yeah, and people aren't speaking English. They don't even know what they're saying. Like, People are just trying to read your bib and yell out your name. Yeah. So uh, training's progressing well for it. Yeah, training's been going well so far. Um, I'm probably just getting into the harder, longer stuff at the moment. And so far, so good. No injuries, touch wood. Um, yeah, so I think we've only got, is it six weeks to go or seven weeks seven. to go now? Seven, seven, yeah. Seven today will be an hour in, I reckon it is. It's about five o'clock. Yeah, uh, cool. Yeah, Australian time. So, yeah, it's, it's, I was talking to someone about it today, like 49 days is still a lot, but at the same time, if you're not going to do much the last, you know, 14 days, it's really the next three or four weeks of the, the go time. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of a nice thought, isn't it? Mm. Um, you've only got a few more weeks of hard work and then then backing off. I love, I love tapering. It's just my favourite thing ever. It's so enjoyable knowing that you've done the hard work, which I don't think I'd ever experienced until before Melbourne last year when I'd, I had done my training program very properly and yeah I really you really enjoy that couple of weeks where you can just sort of relax and run easy and then when you do do your sessions you feel fresh because your legs are a bit more rested and so looking forward to that do you get edgy like mentally about like just wanting to race already uh not really well I I guess because I've only done the one I'm not sure like I was definitely nervous leading up to it but yeah no, I quite enjoy. Keep your head slack, about a pretty good sport to have. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I could be, I could be a total, total mess before Berlin. But I, yeah, I usually am not too bad before those things. Um, Especially if I go into it feeling prepared, I think that yeah. makes a big difference for me. Which, I feel underdone. I don't enjoy the lead up to a race. And in a way, like if you're freshen up and you've kind of done the work really at least the first 21 25k are quite enjoyable like you you're not on the edge and you can smile and wave to the crowd and just enjoy the moment more than anything yeah yeah exactly and that's probably the best thing about marathons that you like and i remember um, one of my friends saying that to me before i'd done one she's like marathons are the best they actually feel you feel so good for the first half you're running at a comfortable pace and um you know they're actually in some ways a bit easier than some of your five and ten k races, and I never believed her. But then once I did it, I sort of thought, oh yeah, it kind of is like that. As long as you're having a good day, I'm sure if you if you start out with a bad having a bad day, it's probably not very enjoyable. But yeah, yeah, it's, um, that's going to happen that's sometimes. That's the marathon game, though. Hey, um, yeah. Have you picked out a time you're chasing or keeping that under your head? Um, don't don't yeah. feel obliged to like put a time out there and have a bit of excess pressure on you. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure to be honest at the moment. We've got the paces that I'm doing my long tempos and long sessions at are a bit faster than I think that I'll run and think that I'll be capable of running. But we're, I think we'll, if we just see how they go over the next sort of month or so and then, you know, if, if I'm feeling really good at that pace in a month's time, then maybe we'll stick to that. Otherwise, I'm happy to back it off a little bit. But hopefully, hopefully bit faster decent chunk faster than melbourne but i understand too that it could go terribly wrong and i could end up blowing up and running slower than i did at melbourne and yeah i'm okay with that um what kind of paces have you been doing those tempos at just to let the listeners know oh give us something to um (laughs) think about 340s at the moment 340s yeah which isn't like nowhere near as fast as you guys are going to be trying to run but that's a fair bit faster than i ran at melbourne so yeah. It's feeling it good still, at the moment, still but a good I click, don't isn't know. It? Yeah, but I think it probably like we. It's not, you know, we might move that around a little bit, and I'm happy to go out a bit slower than that and see how I feel on the day. Or, yeah. Well, the good thing is, like, I've just pulled up your Strava now, like banging out 18k's at 3:38. So if you do slow to, you know, 3:44 with fresh legs, it's going to feel like you're jogging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully that'd be nice if it feels like I'm jogging at 3.44s. But, yeah, I'm not sure. that. I think that one actually felt quite good the other day. But, yeah, 18Ks versus 42, it's a 
a big difference. So I'll probably have to see how my long runs and longer sessions go first and then, yeah. And what will you plan to get the long runs out to? Um, Probably 40. I think last year I did a couple of 40K runs. So I've done a couple of 36s. I did 34 today, but I think they'll go up to 40. And I think most likely there'll be one 40K run that's at easy pace and then maybe one that's a bit faster. Um, So not marathon pace, but a little bit closer to it. So that's probably a good indicator of where you're at. Yeah, preparation's a key. Have you got a um, sub-elite start over there? Does a 246 get you in the front pen? Uh, no, I emailed the, the girl actually and she wrote back and said it was full. Did you uh, did you spell her name right? Julian did the same thing and spelled oh, her name wrong, so I reckon uh, that's why. Because he got, he got sure. the same email response back. Yeah, he said he got the same response. I might email – she said that my, I would qualify for it, but um, it was already full, so I might even just email it back and say if – anyone pulls out yeah, yeah first it, it's nothing to worry about that. though like i yeah i yeah, went off that start fast. line last year and it was the only thing is like personalized drinks but i think brad was saying yeah. that you can put them in somewhere now they're offering just for anyone you can drop your drinks in there'll be a table for you oh really yeah, yeah. i'll um i'll flick it i think julian's got it so he'll be on to that um yeah information so it's worth thinking yeah about. that'd be good um yeah if if i can't get it that's fine i'm happy to it's probably almost not a bad thing for me to be back in the next section because I think there'll be a lot of guys sort of trying to run a similar time in that lot anyway, so there might be nice packs forming. Yeah, yeah, true. You don't want to get caught Whereas up with the girls who are trying to run 2.20. Yeah, exactly, and the sub-elite guys are going to be running a fair bit faster. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, you're going, yeah, you're going to the United States tomorrow, so is that all part of the, um, you know, from the States to Europe or are you coming back in between? No, I'm coming back in between. Um, I'm just going there for a couple of weeks for a little holiday. I was getting sick of winter, so I thought I'd just book in another holiday before Berlin. But, um, yeah, I'm going to Utah and Colorado, so I'll hopefully do some running up in the mountains as well while I'm yeah, there. And altitude then... block. Yeah, well, sort of, yeah. I've never really done altitude training before. I'm going with my mum, so I don't know how she'll feel about our holiday becoming altitude training. <laughs> she'll, she'll probably be up for it, actually. She likes running. Hey, on um, that, though, just like you seem to be very well-travelled. Is that um, something you try to a bit of, I guess? Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, when I, Yeah, I've probably always sort of liked to travel. And when I was at uni, I used to try and work as much as I could so that in the uni holidays I could go on little trips and then once I finished uni um, I worked for a year and then we spent about 10 months overseas uh, Central and South America and then came home worked for a bit then we went again a couple of years ago and then yeah now it's probably more short short trips but um, yeah I do I do like like to travel my dad's actually a few years ago started working for an airline too so that that's handy. Over in Singapore, yeah, and you won a couple of races uh, over there. Well, he was he was in Hong Kong, but Hong Kong, that, now right. they're in Abu Dhabi. He yeah. works for Etihad, so um, yeah, yeah. I used to go over to Hong Kong a bit and do some of their um, half marathons over there. So that was really fun. They were they were good. Got it was the, hot. Got but... the win at one of the um, the Disneyland one, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yep, the Disneyland one. Yeah, yeah, that was quite fun. Yeah. And they had the Hong Kong marathon as well and I did the half at that too. And yeah, that like the locals actually really love running, so that was quite good with people lining the streets cheering and things like that. So yeah. Oh, that's good. Hey, um, are you gonna stick around Europe after Berlin or just get back straight home? Uh well only a week. So I I could only get a week either side off work. So we'll go um fly in the weekend before. And then, yeah, we've just got a few days after to go somewhere. We haven't actually worked out what we're going to do yet. We've been to Berlin before, so we'll just go for that um, four or five days in the middle. And then we might maybe go down to the mountains in Italy or something and do some hiking if my legs haven't fallen off. <laughs> yeah, never know. Travelling post-marathon would always be interesting. Yeah, we'll have a few. I think we've got a couple of days in Berlin after the race, so we'll probably relax there and... Yeah, catch up with everyone. Yeah, it's always good post marathon. Victorian party. Yeah, it'd be just like being in Melbourne, I reckon. Yeah. yeah hey, um, as a physio, do you treat many runners? 
Yeah, I do actually. We, we've we got um, the clinic that I'm working at now. We get quite a few runners through and some of the guys at the running company in Geelong send send some patients in for me with to me with running injuries. So, yeah, that's like I just get so excited every time somebody comes in with a running injury and that's probably, I guess, the area of physio that I'm most interested in, that sort of biomechanical analysis. And, yeah, so I, I do see a few. I'd like to see more, but... You know, you got to sort of treat a bit of everything as a physio, which is which is good as well. But. Yeah. And what do you see the biggest uh, mistakes people are making in the running world that end up in your clinic? Oh, definitely just increasing load too quickly. So that I think, and you can see how it happens with running. It's people when they take it up and they they get to that point where they're hooked and they get excited and then they just um, yeah increase distance and intensity and things like that too quickly and then. I think often in people's first sort of five years of running, they tend to get lots of niggles and then their body sort of adapts and becomes more well-trained and after that it slows down a little bit. But increasing load and then in the more elite runners, the big thing you see is overtraining obviously, which we all know there's a fine line between optimal training and overtraining. So yeah, plenty of those. Yeah, which is hard. It's really hard and I don't like telling people – not to run so I I tend not to do that unless I really really have to but yeah it's sort of something that comes comes with the sport and what about as a physio and someone who un- understands the human body really well um, I guess if someone's listening at home now and they're thinking I want to implement you know one drill or one stretch or just one kind of prehab thing to keep them away from visiting their local physio what kind of tips or advice would you give there um I'm not the greatest with my drills and stretches. Um, but I guess probably if if my biggest bit of advice would be if you, if you are wanting to increase your load and, um, you know, run well, I guess then definitely incorporating some sort of strength work. The clinic that I work at is a um, mostly a Pilates-based clinic, so we do lots of clinical Pilates and Pilates classes and things like that. So whether it's Pilates or whether it's, seeing a strength and conditioning coach or definitely any anything that you can do on the side to prepare your body um, for the load that it's going to have to take running. Not even big Ks, even, you know, if you're training for a 10K or a half marathon or something like that, if your body's strong enough to handle the training, then you won't get injured. So that's probably the big thing. But I, I know that you should definitely do drills before you... <laughs> do sessions and things like that yeah, since yeah, julian moved away we don't do that anymore well you just scrapped them all together <laughs> well straight into it we usually warm up and say oh should we do drills and then someone says nah and then we just start <laughs> and does the first but rep feel real like dodgy don't 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 listen to what i say anybody um the first rep yeah the first rep usually does feel a bit dodgy because yeah, you aren't so, warmed up properly yeah. yeah exactly yeah so it's stupid but it's often like oh we've got to get it done by this time because someone's got to be home or yeah, it's getting dark kids are at anyway. daycare whatever yeah yeah but that sort of stuff is important and you definitely shouldn't skip it stretching i think is a, i'm not a i'm not huge on stretching i think if if you're incorporating some sort of dynamic stretching into your drills that's a much better way to do it um you know using things like a foam roller and stuff like that at home obviously if you're feeling tight or sore i think i think stretching itself is probably not going to make much of a difference and usually if there's a muscle that's really tightened up it's not it hasn't just tightened up for no reason there's a reason behind it so trying to work out why that muscle keeps doing that after you run and addressing that which is usually a strength issue yeah i'm with you even like those prehab you know like the the clams and the um oh what's the other one where you kind of walk with the band between your legs and yeah yeah, crab walk like those yeah yeah. so all those kind of things away i get way more out of doing that stuff for 10 minutes than i would sitting in front of the tv stretching yeah i think a lot of those activation exercises are really good and i often find if you've done something like that which pilates is actually sort of similar um notion to that i guess in some ways if you do that and then run, you just you feel so much better when you're running. You feel like your form's good, everything's working properly, and if you've if you've got the time to incorporate some of that into your training before you head out for a run, I think it definitely pays off. 
Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, let's get more on, I guess, off the running, but let's tap into uh, some of your routine. So obviously pretty successful physio, pretty successful elite runner. What's a, um, what's a normal day routines look like? Like, do you meditate or do yoga or have certain things that you eat at certain times? I know I just asked you about three questions, but um, yeah. Yeah, take us through a normal day with Ali O'Kane. Um, okay. I'm, I'm not much of a routine person and I'm definitely not a meditator. I should do yoga because I'm very, very, very inflexible, but um, probably my day usually starts with coffee in bed. So my husband, Josie, is very good on the coffee machine. So because he's the better barista, he has to make the morning coffees, which works quite well for me. How do you have your coffee? I just have a latte. Yeah. Yeah, lots of milk. Um, And then I usually have a bit of brekkie, just whatever, either cereal or toast or something. And then I go for a run. I've got a, a dog, a Kelpie called Luna. So I usually take her for a run in the morning. If it's low tide, we run along the beach. If it's high tide, we run along the tracks. Um, I usually come home and have another breakfast, so maybe eggs or bacon and eggs or something like that, If I've, particularly if I've done a longish run. Um, and then it's usually going to work. So I, because I live in Torquay and work in Geelong, it takes me about 45 minutes to get to work. So I, yeah, tend to do that. Um, and then I get home the nights that I work late, I don't get home till after nine, but the other nights I'll go to training after work, usually in Geelong, unless I'm doing heels or something, then I can come and do it down here. Um, yeah, food wise, I, I'm not, I probably should pay a little bit more attention to that. Basically, I just, when I'm doing marathon training, I just eat heaps, um, and try and add a couple of extra meals into my day. Um, hydration wise I've always drunk plenty of water and things like that I don't have any issues there and my stomach's pretty like I sort of don't have to plan eating too much around running because I don't tend to have too many issues I can sort of eat and then run pretty much straight away and it's usually fine unless I've eaten something really ridiculous (laughs) do you you enjoy the drive to work that 45 minutes like is that a good thing Um, or a bad thing well, I sometimes listen to Tell Me Your Tales when I'm driving to work, actually. Oh, thanks. That's um, good. good. Good to know it's making a difference on someone's drive. Yeah, that's no, good. Uh, I don't mind it. It's probably a little bit further than I'd like to be driving, but it's you find by the time you get home after work, you've sort of wound down and you're not thinking so much about patience and things like that. Um, and on the way there, it's, it's not too bad. It's, yeah, I, I don't really like driving, but it's manageable got to do what you got to do yeah uh, what about those nights you get home late how do you go with sleeping and stuff if you've just you know come out of work an hour ago yeah well usually because i have dinner quite late on those nights and then i yeah i would like i could if i finished early every day i could easily go to bed at 8 30 9 o'clock but those nights i'm definitely still pretty wired until about 10 30 or so um so yeah i go to bed a little bit later but I don't have any late finishes where I have to start early the next day, so that's good. My only early start is on a Friday morning, but I finish earlier on a Thursday. So, yeah, it does it does mess with your sleep pattern a little bit, um, but I still get a decent amount of sleep each night. Yeah. So it's not too much of an issue. That's good. Hey, um, I want to flip back to I know a couple of blokes – Luke Kramer is one of them and Chris Armstrong's another one. They'll love that I've said their name on the podcast. But they're, they are both in, in good shape. They're kind of running about 76s, 77s for the half marathon and they're both going to run Melbourne this year. And I reckon yep. both of them would die to have your PB of 246.11. Any, um, any tips? I, I could be asking Julian this because he's kind of coached you to run those times. But yeah. any um, any tips or kind of, I don't know, yeah, any suggestions for how they – have a crack at that that worked um, for you I guess yeah well I guess probably getting so that's about uh, yeah three 355 pace and that their half marathon times are really similar to the half marathon times I was running last year so I guess just getting used to that sitting on 355 and sitting on it for a long period of time which I was still not that great at by the end I tended to surge and run faster than try and slow myself down and it was a bit all over the shop but if you can get used to running at that pace and have it feel comfortable and and fairly natural then yeah I think that's the key and I, I had to change my race plan on the day because of the wind so it meant that 
I did the first half at sort of five seconds faster per K and then coming back into the headwind, I just allowed it to go over four minute Ks for a while and not get too worried about it. But yeah, I think I think if they get used to running 355s, they'll be fine. Get yourself comfortable at race pace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a good tip. And just it? don't go out too hard is always probably the thing with marathons. If you get excited and run 330s for the first 3Ks, even if you feel amazing, you it's going to come back to bite you. Yeah, later yeah. in the race which yeah, yeah. For sure. sometimes sometimes yeah it's hard to not get excited at the start of a race but especially when it feels season. so good and there's people around and your adrenaline's pumping and yeah you're right though yeah exactly save it to the 38k mark and run that bit hard yeah exactly and you can like if you've if you're feeling good you can definitely come home harder in a even in a marathon over that distance it's just it all depends on what you've done in the first first 30ks yeah. Hey, what about for recovery, Ali? Do you do like ice baths or massage or what does that look like when you're training for a marathon? Um, yeah, I often think I should go down and stand in the water after a run. And yeah, I, so I do, close. Yeah, I sometimes do. If I've got time, I might go and stand in there for a bit. Massages, well, my husband is a physio, so it, you would think I would get a lot of massages, but... <laughs> It's quite hard to get a massage out of someone who's already been massaging people for a lot of the day. So I probably, I t- he'll, if I really need one, which I sort of probably only feel like I need one once every three or four months, then I get one. But other than that, I, I don't really. I should get, I definitely should get more massage because I always feel good afterwards. But it's probably just something that I haven't really prioritised into my weeks. But yeah. <laughs> Just ticking all the boxes, eh? Yeah. It's, only, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Sure. If you put all these ticks in some of these columns, you'll be running 230, I reckon. You've uh, got a lot of scope for sky's the limit. Uh, no, nah, I don't know about that. Scrapping the drills, scrapping the massages. Yeah, <laughs> it's all happening. Yeah, well, I could use this as ammo to try and get Joyce to give me a few more massages. So yeah, Called him out on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every, um, every couple of weeks would be nice. Yeah. But um yeah. Specific day of the week, you reckon? Yeah, maybe that's what I should do. Yeah. Put it in. I often yeah. Yep. Yeah. I often try try and get one on Thursday night and that's like his longest day of work. So <laughs> I think that's why it never works. But yeah. yeah. Right. Hey, um bit of a heavy one. What success look like to you? Um success. I don't really know, to be honest. I guess, I guess, if being totally satisfied with what you've done in it from a sport perspective, um, which I don't, I don't know if people are ever really completely satisfied with what they've done. But it's a nice thought that, like, for me, if I could make any sort of national team, that I would just be, yeah, very, very happy and satisfied with that. But yeah. I'm not really sure. I, I just, I guess, I just want to sort of keep trying to knock a bit of time off all of my PBs and see what happens. Do you include the um, the World Uni Games over in Poland? Like that's a big, a big international competition in the Australian singlet. Yeah, that yeah, that was um, that that was a really really great trip. Um, sometimes those teams they're not they're a little bit easier to make just because. I think uh, particularly with that one, there aren't a lot of uni students in Australia who are really high-level athletes. The high-level athletes in Australia probably tend to either not be at uni or, yeah, I'm not sure. So that like that was that was an awesome trip, and we had some really good runners. We had Josh Harris was actually in the men's team for that one. Um, I definitely didn't go into that one very well prepared. I was actually overseas for a couple of months before it and I didn't find out that I was in the team until I was halfway through a six-week trip to Nepal or something and I hadn't been running at all I was I was hiking and I was at altitude but yeah there wasn't much running happening there so that was (laughs) was an ideal preparation but that was still a really cool experience and I guess that probably gave me a taste of what it would be like to make um a senior Australian team with you know we were there for the week before training and um, my bag got lost, so I didn't even have my runners or oh, no. uniform or anything, but that was all fine. And the po- in Poland, like the 
the volunteers running the event were just awesome and all the there were lots of uni students that were involved in it and yeah we had we had a really fun fun week so that was a that was a good experience yeah and that was for world cross country too wasn't it like the world yeah cross country, yeah. Cross country yeah. so yeah. you didn't have a time like there was no qualifying time to hit or anything did they just go no this i think they selected dominating. it off yeah, you had to you nominated, and then it came from Zadapec and National Cross, maybe. Yeah, and I think yeah, I wasn't. It's sort of hard to know because you don't really know who's nominated and who's at uni and who's not. And um, yeah, so I wasn't sure that I, don't, I think I didn't think that I would make that team. And then yeah, I got a got an email or something a couple of months out. So I actually just kept going on my trip and then met. I met the team in Poland. Yeah, next so. thing you know, you're in Nepal and you're getting some good emails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, it was exciting. I was really excited to, to find out I was a part of that. But, hey, um, where have been some of the um, highlights of places you've travelled to? Uh, probably, well, Poland I really loved. And I don't know, I've been there a couple of times, but that trip probably was one of the things that really um, increased my enjoyment of Poland as a country the people are really cool and it's yeah it's just a fun place it's very it's still relatively cheap I think being part of that eastern sort of block yeah um but Peru and Nepal probably two other um two other favorites of mine just the the mountains and yeah Peru just has a bit of everything and I could we I think we were there for about six weeks but I could have spent a lot longer there um yeah and then Nepal obviously is just insane yeah pretty amazing yeah. parts of the world pretty undiscovered too like there's not many people who can list off some of those countries that they've been to yeah i think yeah and like these days a lot of people are going to to south america um and probably starting to go into central america and some other other pretty interesting places but yeah i think yeah everybody should go to nepal if you ever get the opportunity it's just yeah an amazing place and it's not it's not really that far from australia i think the flight's only maybe 12 hours or so so yeah yeah hey if you listen to the show regularly you know my last questions are always about a mantra or a philosophy or a quote have you uh, got something that you try to live your life by <sighs> not really i actually did think about this one because i knew you would ask me um oh I don't really. I think I probably always lived more by the notion that having a balanced life was the best way to do things and everything in moderation. But I, I think I've probably started to realise it, particularly over the last 12 months, that you sort of have to make sacrifices. And if you really do want to do well in one area, then sometimes the balance has to be thrown out a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's probably where where things have changed and yeah but there's no actual mantra that i follow i've i've enjoyed listening to that question though with other people well you kind of just made up your own a bit there like yeah, it's, yeah stuff the balance <laughs> and do what you you want to put your effort into yeah yeah that's it <laughs> balance is a bit like it's a bit of a kind of buzzword a bit overrated like everyone's you know striking this like life balance but I don't know if anyone really has it. It's just this goal we're trying yeah, to achieve. that's not kind that of attainable. Want to have, yeah, and it is, like definitely aspects of it are good, but um, I think probably our lives are all a little bit unbalanced for a reason, and it's probably because yeah, you know, some things are more important to us than others, and and you've got to, I think, yeah, put more time and effort into those things that are more important. Yeah, for sure, so, and especially yeah. if you want to chase something, you know, you're chasing, you're chasing a quick marathon time, like it's. It's not like that just comes easy, like, and everyone can just go out and get it. Like, you've got to have more eggs in that basket to have a crack at it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't you can't run a fast marathon and be living a social life of going out two or three nights a week, and you know, also working sixty hours a week, and it's just it's just not not going to happen. So yeah. yeah. Hey, Ali, where can people uh, keep up with you on social media leading into these last seven weeks of Berlin preparation? Um, well, I've got Facebook and Instagram. I don't really tend to use Facebook that much. but And my Instagram is mostly just photos of my dog. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my Instagram name is Elio Pash. And my, on Facebook, I think I changed my name now. So on Facebook, I'm Ellie Pashley. 
And you're on yeah. Strava as well, yeah? And I'm on Strava as well, yeah. Strava, I'm under Elio Kane. You're pretty yeah. entertaining with some of your descriptions as well on Strava. <laughs> on Strava. Yeah, I like Strava. When it first came out, I thought, oh, this is ridiculous, this app. And, yeah, now I'm, now I'm right into it. We have a good bit of banter happening amongst um, a few of our, a few of my training partners. I reckon you learned a bit Jared of that off, uh, Yeah, yeah. I just went through your Strava today and you're just cutting him down and everything. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually, we're currently training for Berlin together. He's running as well. So it's it's quite good. He's actually faster than me, but we um, he's super scared of me beating him in anything. So it provides some good entertainment. How much faster has he gone than you? Like, could it be on in Berlin? Um, he's run like two... I think he's around 239 for a marathon but he i think he could he'll run faster than that in berlin yeah um but my half pb in gold coast actually beat his half pb so he's like he's really worried now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, he'll, yeah he'll run on. he'll run faster than me in berlin i'm pretty sure of it he's yeah he's going well hey you're wearing the um the new nikes as well aren't you Yes. We talk about this yep. every week on the podcast, so we probably should put this into this conversation as well. They're going yep. good, big fan. Oh, uh, yeah, I love them. Yeah, they like they were probably also part of the reason why um, um, my times have improved a bit. I actually, yeah, I've always quite, I've always liked the feel of really stiff shoes, and these are quite stiff, but at the same time they've got really a nice amount of cushioning in them, so your legs don't, you don't come out of a road race with your legs feeling too smashed um yeah i think they feel so good to run in they feel terrible to jog in or to walk in but as soon as you're running sort of at a race pace or even tempo pace they feel really good so yeah, i would recommend right. them to the, uh, everyone the th- four percenters the new ones uh i don't, know. I, don't know if, I don't think i'll be able to because they're not are they not coming out again until october yeah, I don't know. You yeah. need to talk to your coach Maybe about I'll, that one. He's up to yeah, it. He's, uh, yeah, he knows what's know. going on. I think he told me I should. I was a li- yeah, I was a little bit unsure about them, um, but yeah, I'll see. I might see if I can track some down in the states next week. Yeah, good thinking. They'll be everywhere over there, won't they? Yeah, maybe. Although I think they've pretty much been selling out. So yeah, don't know. Do you if, if I can't get my hands on them, here. I'm quite happy with the. Um, vapor flies that i've been wearing at the moment so yeah, yeah. i might just get another pair of them have you got some um wow well, yeah it's an interesting julian kind of made me panic a bit on monday we got a bit of a facebook message group going and um i think it was monday or tuesday whatever day they were on nike.com so i yep. yeah found myself buying a pair and yeah yeah I've, yeah I've it's a good skip, decision I've skip, oh, well, i thought if i'm gonna bang on about it each week on the podcast i probably should at least um yeah, um, give them a go just so I've got a bit of an opinion on them. Yeah, yeah. No, I would. I'd highly recommend them. To yeah, I think I actually think they do make a difference. I don't. I don't think it's an illegal difference because all shoes sort of have a performance enhancing element to them. But yeah, they feel they feel really good on the road. Yeah. Which I don't think racing flats do. So I think they've sort of started to work that out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Rightio, well, best of luck um, in the next, what, seven weeks for the uh, marathon preparation. And, yeah, thanks, yeah, Brady. Looking forward to catching you over there. How yeah, Do you yeah. get in there like a week early? When are you getting into Berlin? Um, I think on the Friday, so only a couple of days before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. We're not actually sure yet, but probably Friday. Yeah, super exciting That'll times ahead. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. Thanks good again for your up. time, Ali. I really appreciate it. No worries. That. Thanks for having me. No worries at all.
fundamental principle in Buddhism is no purpose. Purpose of essence. When you drop fart, you don't say, at nine o'clock I drop fart. It happen of itself. <laughs> you know, and all, all these pious Western devotees, you know, kind of put their handkerchiefs in their mouths and try not to laugh. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.